This is Keeping Up with Kashrut by Ben Rothstein, the story of my brief experience with the suggestions of kosher. I don't really know why I decided to start keeping kosher. I had never done it before. Nobody in my family did it. My aunt even baked glazed ham for my family's annual Christmas party, even though my whole family is Jewish. It certainly wasn't for religious reasons. I didn't know anyone who kept kosher, but I was stubborn. Once I had made up my mind on such an arbitrary and hastily formed idea, nobody could change it. So, in 2013, on Christmas Eve, the least Jewish of all the holidays besides Easter, I decided that my aunt's famous Christmas ham with potatoes au gratin would be my last secular meal. My mom thought I was crazy. She wasn't wrong. How am I going to be able to afford this, she demanded. I can't just get a second dishwasher, and the food, kosher food, is so expensive. I assured her that I would only be kosher in the most basic sense. She would not need to buy a second dishwasher. For those who don't know the laws of kosher, they are deliberately complicated, and are probably one of the reasons why Reform Judaism was invented. Animals have to be slaughtered and butchered a certain way. Milk and meat may not be eaten within four hours of each other. Any dish or item of silverware that has touched meat or milk cannot ever come into contact with the other category, cannot share the same cupboard or dishwasher or sink with silverware or plates that have ever touched the other category. Pigs and other cloven-hoofed animals cannot be eaten, and any invertebrates are strictly off-menu. I could not eat clam chowder, shrimp, pepperoni pizza, or cheeseburgers. I was making my life so much worse. I belong to a reform synagogue which means that I know all of the prayers, even if I don't know what they mean. I celebrate all of the holidays, well, most of the holidays, well, some of the holidays. And that's really it. Most of the congregation is relatively secular. A lot of them don't even come to services, ever. Very few of them follow what they see as the suggestions of kosher. We reformed Jews just like pork too much, I guess. It didn't matter to me that even my rabbi didn't keep kosher. I was still going to. I would not give up this thing that I didn't actually care about. There were, of course, complications. Few Jews even keep kosher in the United States, and people don't usually make accommodations for such a small fraction of the population. It was January, and I was readjusting to school after a long break from having to use my brain. I was, at that time, buying school lunches. I tended to go back and forth between buying and bringing from home, one thing I never could make up my mind about. I had bought something containing meat and wanted to switch out my milk for water. I didn't think it mattered. I was only taking one, not both. I was then informed by a lunch lady that the water cost an extra dollar. Stubborn as I was, I argued with her for several minutes. When I invariably lost the argument, I resolved to go to the water fountain not thirty feet away instead. What an inconvenience. I thought that they should have made accommodations for people like me. I saw myself as a sort of brave rebel, like a Jewish Robin Hood, Earl of Bagels and Loxley, giving hope to the downtrodden with religion-based dietary needs, fighting the evil lunch ladies of Servingham. Despite the less-than-convenient circumstances, I charged on. I tried not to complain. I just had to eat my turkey sandwiches without cheese and suffer in silence. I was even willing to do it willing to put myself through such trials because of a god I wasn't even sure that I believed in. I knew I had chosen the wrong season to start my new diet. The worst part about being kosher in the winter is all of the warm, rich, fragrant food that you know you can't eat. 
At the very least, starting before New Year's Eve was a mistake. It was difficult to stand by and watch other people stuff their faces with good food. Bacon mac and cheese, caramelized pork sausage, lasagna, all of those fatty, greasy, hot, disgusting, delicious meals that I could not have because I said so. I would not let myself win. And I liked it. That was the dumb part. I liked being able to say that I kept kosher. I liked knowing that I could accomplish something so pointless if I wanted to. I liked being a pretentious foodie cult member, one of those trend-obsessed people you see on reality television who only eats free-range, non-GMO, gluten-free Kobe soy bison. One of those people who gets involved in week-long discussions with other people about the virtues of their diet, and why people who don't eat the way they do are evil Satan worshippers. It was fun, at least for a while, to be one of those people. The fun didn't last, though. Eating only kosher food became so normal for me that I didn't even notice. I only noticed the food that was still out of my reach. I grew bored and weary of this fun, new, exciting thing that I was trying. It was even worse than the cheeseburger deprivation. I was still determined to keep going, until one Saturday night, when my stepmom took out the rye bread and started sweating onions and dicing chicken breast. I knew what she was making. Chicken paprikash, a Hungarian recipe that she learned from her grandmother. The best stew in the history of humanity. Also the least kosher food in existence. Mixing chicken and sour cream was definitely not allowed. I knew that my dad and my stepmom thought that changing my diet for no reason other than fun was unreasonable and had never wanted me to go kosher. I saw through their cunning plan instantly. It didn't matter, though. That was the last day I paid any attention to the suggestions of kosher. I never learned my lesson, and inevitably became obsessed with new things that I didn't really care about, demonstrated by all of the languages that I have picked up and subsequently dropped over the years, the sushi-making kit that I only opened once, and all of my calligraphy pens still sitting in a Tupperware in my desk drawer with a sponge that is now certainly dry. But my kosher experience was different. I became heavily involved in something that changed the way I lived. And I only mostly hated it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm Ben Rothstein, and this was a story about my experience with the suggestions of kosher. The music is by the Budapest Klezmer Band. The sheep sound effect was by Scientific Films. The chanting was by online videos from Israel, the Middle East, and the Jewish world. And the sound of bacon was by Prime Road 12. Stay tuned for the next episode in which I answer a few questions about this podcast.